Hello and welcome to this episode of the Friends Indeed podcast. I'm Rabbi Joshua Levine Grader, Executive Director of Friends Indeed. So glad to have you uh, with us today. So just want to tell you that Friends Indeed is an interfaith organization. We provide supportive services to meet basic human needs so our homeless and at-risk neighbors can rebuild their lives. And everything uh, we do is with compassion, connection, and dignity. And I'm so glad to have you uh, on the podcast today. So this is going to be one of those episodes about uh, folks on the street. And so I went out looking for folks that would be willing to talk to me and tell me a little bit about uh, their experience. So I want to share that these are going to be people that are what we call chronically homeless. So there are different, uh, sad to say, categories of homelessness. And the person who is chronically homeless, experiencing chronic homelessness, is defined by HUD, Housing and Urban Development, as the following. One of two definitions. One, an unaccompanied homeless individual with a disabling condition who has been continuously homeless for a year or more, or an unaccompanied individual with a disabling condition who has had at least four episodes of homelessness in the past three years. So, you've either been continuously homeless for a year or more, or you've had four episodes of homelessness in the past three years. And how do we define homeless in this definition? The definition of a chronically homeless person, the word homeless means a person sleeping in a place not meant for human habitation, like the streets, for example, or living in a homeless emergency shelter. And so, at Friends Indeed, the majority of people that we help are actually not chronically homeless. Where we see those folks are at our bad weather shelter, and this season our bad weather, cold weather distribution, and in our street outreach program, which is where folks are out on the street and we are looking for them to offer whatever support that we can. And so we are constantly evaluating how can we help the most people. If the goal is to get people housed, then the chronically homeless individual is actually the most difficult person to get off the street. Let me say that again. In terms of getting people housed, the longer you're chronically homeless, the more difficult it is to get you off the street. And that is not only because you may be experiencing uh, mental health uh, disorders and without medication, uh, not really able to, to function fully. It may be that you have uh, addiction problems. But ultimately, 
there is a sense of hopelessness that comes with every year of being chronically homeless. It's a sense that value and worth have passed you by. It may be that you don't have an ID. You don't have a social security number that you know of. You don't have any sort of um, record of a birth certificate. And without these basic documents, it is impossible to move you from the streets into even temporary housing, bridge housing, let alone permanent housing. And so the longer you have been on the streets, the more likely it is that you do not have any of these documents. And the more likely it is that the degree of difficulty to get these documents is exponentially higher. One of those reasons is because the longer you've been on the street, the less that you trust people. And the less that you trust people, the harder it is for you to offer up any sort of information that will give our team an opportunity to start the process to get these documents, to share a full name, to share a birthplace if you know it, to share a social security number if you know it. Have you ever had a place of residence if you know it? And so our team is constantly evaluating the balance between helping those who are most ready to be housed, namely someone who's been on the streets a lot less or for a lot shorter time, someone who lives in their car, someone who has not a mental health challenge or not an addiction. Those are the people that we have the most chance of getting housed in a timely fashion. The people that we see that we call chronically experiencing homelessness are the folks who I think are those who look like what many of us stereotypically think a homeless person looks like. Lots of stuff perhaps not clean, dirty clothes, perhaps exhibiting mental health, uh, schizophrenia, bipolar, things that are uh, preventing them from presenting uh, with full capacity. And so those folks are ones that we have to try and offer other services And at Friends Indeed here, we are evaluating with our street outreach team who we're able to help with what services. Because we want to make sure that we're doing our best to help as many people as we can. And a lot of people right now are not in a position to be housed. Not because they don't want to, although some don't. But because they don't have medication necessary for them to think clearly 
or they don't have any of these uh, documents and uh, stuff that you need to get the paperwork going. And that is if you are willing to do any paperwork, uh, because that is that is scary and often uh, something that that folks are not interested in doing, even if we tell them that it's it's going to help them and it's the only way that we're going to be able to help them to get off the street. So I've been out there last few days. I bring some food or some water uh, this week since it is so hot. And I sit down and ask if some folks will share some information with me, a little interview, who they are. And I have a few that were willing to do that. Interestingly, I wasn't able to get a woman to share. One of the women I did uh, offer food to, she said, no, she needed something to drink. She was thirsty. So I went and bought some water, and I came back. And this is uh, Wednesday. It's 90 degrees outside. And this woman, she might have been in her 40s. She didn't want to talk that much. She was wearing three jackets and a hat and had herself on the bottom in a sleeping bag, unzipped to about her waist, 90 degrees outside. And I said, ma'am, it's pretty hot out. She said, yep, it's hot. That's why I need water. I said, you have a lot of clothing on and a sleeping bag. And she just said, "Mm mm-hmm. So I could tell that I don't think she was going to talk to me, and I didn't want to upset her. I offered her a card uh, from for our street outreach team, and she said to me, no more paper. I don't want any more paper. I said, okay, okay. Another woman that I approached said she was happy to have the water, but was not going to talk uh, in a recording. So, of course, women are the most vulnerable on our streets, the most scared, and I wasn't totally surprised that I wasn't able to to get a woman to, to talk, but I had hoped I would have been able to. And these are not women in the women's room. I specifically was out on the street driving around looking for folks who I could tell and knew were chronically homeless and who didn't have our services yet. Because I wanted to see if I could talk to them in the environment in which they're living. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I have a few interviews that I will play with some gentlemen, and then we will uh, continue a short conversation. So this is the Friends Indeed podcast. I'm Rabbi Joshua Levine Grader. Thanks for being with us. Stick around. We'll be right back. So I want to give a shout out to one of my favorite restaurants, Kathleen's. It was established in 1982 by Efren Bugarin and Kathleen Memarian, who are still there running it after all these years. It's amazing. It's at 595 North Lake, and they've been so generous, provided support for Friends Indeed, have provided lunches for the women's room. So I encourage you to check them out uh, for lunch or for dinner. 
and uh, have a wonderful experience and maybe tell them uh, that you love Friends Indeed also. Kathleen's Restaurant. Can I say your name? Yeah. All right. So I'm uh, near the freeway overpass with a gentleman named Anthony. So Anthony, how long have you been out on the streets? About 10 years. 10 years? Yeah. What uh, what happened 10 years ago that you ended up out here? Alcoholism. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's about this. I lost my family from drinking too much and lost, losing jobs and all kind of crazy stuff. So that was basically it. Are you from Pasadena? Yeah. Uh-huh. What's, uh, what's it been like the last 10 years for you? Uh, off and on, you know, as long as God wake me up, but it's been off and on rough. Sometimes rough, sometimes good, sometimes, you know, it goes day by day. Yeah. You have contact with your family at all? Nah, they're in Arizona. In Arizona. So, uh, where do you normally sleep? At, uh, Central Park. In Pasadena, right there on Del Mar and Fair Oaks. Yeah. Can I ask you how old you are? Yeah, I'm 53. 53. So, uh, what would it take to have you not be on the streets? What do you think? You mean to stop drinking? You gotta stop drinking still. Yeah. Have you, have you, has that ever happened? Have you tried or too yeah, hard? Yeah, a couple times. Yeah? Yeah. I quit for like, about both times for 30 days. Okay. But I just always fell off. All right. Well, hopefully we can uh, can support you. Uh, keep trying that, all right, man? All right. Yes, sir. All right, you take care of yourself. You too. All right. God bless you. God bless you. So this next gentleman that I talked to, his name's Dave. And uh, he's a little harder to understand. And just a warning, he does use a foul word or two, but um, it was pretty amazing what happened near the end of the conversation when I uh, found out that uh, he knew someone already that uh, was a part of Friends Indeed, and, um, you know, so uh, just uh, try and uh, understand uh, what he's saying, and he begins by talking about this uh, uh, step-up program, uh, which is a housing program, um, and obviously... Um, didn't totally work out for him. All right, so I'm out on the on the street here. I'll sit down with Dave. Yeah. Yeah, Dave. Can you just tell me a little bit about you and how'd you end up out here? As, uh, I've done second step up the program. Second step. Uh, my lease was up. My lease was up, so then I went to move. Then I lost my wallet and shit when I was talking to my caseworker. And she ain't got me into the place. It's been a couple months. So. How long you been out here? Since uh, October, I guess. October this past year? Where, where were you before that? The year I was there, where I lived at on San Marino. Uh-huh. I was on PMI, I lived there for a year. And then before that, I lived on Buckeye and uh, Oakland. Mm-hmm. That, that, that year went by. Yeah. So I'm just waiting. They're going to put me in real Tokyo. Dave, how old are you? 63. God bless you. Are you from this area? 
I'm from this area, yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you, uh, you feel like, uh, what could you use most? You need a place to live, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got a call. Right now, maybe you can help me with that number. Her name is Sandra. Yeah. My case worker, but I, my, my phone got stolen. And they give me this, they give me the SIM card back and the tray that goes in. So I paid for the bill. My phone ain't got no phone yet. Ain't got no phone. I got to take it down there. And so what was I saying? Oh, about Scott. How's Scott doing? Oh, so you know Scott? Yeah, he's uh, he's not with us anymore, but he's doing good. He got married. That's right. How do you know Scott? I know Scott just from a friend. Yeah. Around, yeah. When he was out here. Yeah. So, Dave, did you did you work before? You haven't been homeless all this time, right? Yeah, since 2008. Since 2008. That's when I got income tax. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you wanted people to hear something from you, from your experience on the street, what what would you what would you tell them? I just tell them watch watch everything, watch yourself, watch the rules. And take your shit in a heartbeat. Yeah. You don't have nothing. Yeah. So, so I, uh, I'm, just, I'm really grateful for you taking some time. And we're going to wish you the best out here, all right? Yeah, I need to get up there and get my food, guys. My food. So you heard that Dave was saying stuff about a case manager. And at first he said, the case manager's name was, was Sandy. And then he was trying to get me to see if I could help uh, find her number and something was uh, lost his phone. But then when he said, uh, what was I talking about? And then he said, Scott, how's Scott doing? And uh, Scott is a case uh, manager and outreach worker that used to work for Friends Indeed uh, on the streets. And now he works for another agency doing really good work uh, as an outreach worker. But uh, he remembered uh, Scott from a few years back, and I talked to Scott uh, after I talked to Dave. I reached out to him and actually shared the conversation because I didn't get Dave's last name, and he listened to, um, to this short interview and recognized his voice. And I said, you know, how, how do you know him? And he said, you know, I, I was out in that area a lot, and Scott's actually the one who helped get Dave into that uh, second step up, that program, that housing, um, back in October. And it wasn't totally clear to me what happened and why he lost that. Um, but, uh, you know, when I talked to Scott about it, he he was, you know, upset to hear that it didn't work out. And uh, hopefully that will be able to uh, help, help Dave again, 63 years old, older gentleman, sleeps out uh, in the bushes behind a car dealership. Had a lot of stuff, his bicycle, and um, gray beard, and just heartbreaking, heartbreaking uh, to talk to him and to, to know that uh, he had a place to live and it didn't work out for whatever reason, and uh, we're going to hope that uh, he, can, he can make another go at it. So this next uh, gentleman I talked to was... Um, also a little bit challenging to understand, um, but 
he was willing to talk and uh, share, and it seems that he had just come out uh, of jail and um, not totally sure what his uh, current situation is, but uh, want you to hear from him. So I'm near the uh, freeway overpass and meeting this gentleman. So you tell me your name? Rosas. And uh, how long you been out here? Um, I've been here for like, they put me in a program, but there was nobody at my house. And I, I thought I was gonna be released, but the program was by, 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 by the Long Beach, by the, by, by the subway. So I, I went for a visit and um, well, I was wondering if I can go back home. Where's that? Where's home? Um, I live at Whittier by like, just like, like 30 minutes from, from the, from the court. Yeah. So how long you been out here on the streets? I've been, well, there was nobody at my house cause they, they had an accident. They had to go to San Francisco. So I, 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 I was staying, I was staying at my, I, I was staying at my friend's house. So I, I went back and they were, they were fixing the house. I guess their home, but, but. They don't know what's in county, so I'm trying to get some help, somebody to, to, to translate. Right. So you just got out of prison? Um, I, yeah. County, yeah, because it was raining, so they told me if, if I wanted to stay out, like, oh, I feel sick. Uh-huh. So they kind of helped me out there, yeah. The police did? Yes. Yeah. So uh, where, are you, where are you sleeping now, on the street? No, I, 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 I'm trying to go back home, but, like, I'm trying to see what's going on, see if they let, they let me go home. How old are you? I'm, I'm like, uh, um, <coughs> it's been like five years I've been checked my birthday. I don't know. Is that right? Yeah. Have you been homeless a long time? Um, no, I, I've been, um, <coughs> I was working in the field with, with my, with my mom. My uncle passed away, but he was supposed to be, he was supposed to be working with us, you know? Yeah. It would have been, it would have been a, a lot nicer with him. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, um. All right. Well, we wish you the best, brother. Okay? Sir. Hang in there. Sir. Okay. So this guy was interesting um, because when I asked him his birthday, you heard him say he didn't really know when his birthday was. He hadn't checked it for like five years, and so um, he didn't know how old he was. Um And I, again, didn't completely get his story. He clearly was in jail. But you heard, if you understood, uh, the way I think I understood it was uh, the cops took him to county in part because they must have found him out on the street. And uh, he said he was sick. And if he said he was sick, uh, I guess they they took him in. Um, He thinks that, you know, they helped him out. So uh, that... That's also interesting uh, to hear from. And I, I walked uh, back to buy some water for another woman, um, one of the ones who wouldn't, who wouldn't uh, share uh, with me. But I observed this guy we just heard. Um, he, was, he started talking to himself. He started looking, getting agitated. And, um, you know, I didn't experience that when I talked to him at first. And so just within, you know, five or ten minutes, something... Uh, shifted inside and he, he was exhibiting you know different uh, different characteristics um, and so that that's the way it kind of goes sometimes that if I had caught him you know in this moment um, not sure he would have talked to me or would have been able to explain what was going on um, and so 
you know, it's just an example. These are just three examples uh, of folks that I found and that were willing uh, to talk to me. So uh, I hope that you appreciated these stories uh, from the street. And um, I encourage you, if you see folks, uh, they really, you know, at, at least a kind word, um, a smile, you know, if you can carry a, uh, a toiletry kit or, or like a emergency uh, Ziploc bag of, of toiletries and some snacks and some water and some uh, little first aid stuff, that, that goes a long way than just giving a, a dollar. And so I encourage you to do that. I encourage uh, lots of folks uh, to, to do that. Um, and to maybe just, uh, if you're able, to stop and, and say hi if it's safe. And uh, people just appreciate that because, as I've said before, folks feel invisible out there. And uh, these folks especially who uh, might seem scary to some people, uh, even though they're they're just human beings who are in a tough situation and who uh, perhaps don't have medication that they need or the support that they need or the mental health uh, support that they need. Um, we tend to look the other way, walk the other way, um, and, and pretend we don't see them. So I encourage you to try and see them. That's uh, what we do at Friends Indeed as best we can, seeing people where they're at, uh, looking them in the eye, acknowledging their humanity, and finding uh, ways as best we can, uh, even in the littlest way, uh, to offer some help, some compassion, some connection, dignity. And we can all do that. It doesn't have to just be here at Friends Indeed. You can do that every day, every person. Just try and... Uh, Acknowledge their humanity. It means uh, more than you can imagine. So as we enter into spring, we're going to take a short spring break from the Friends Indeed podcast. We've had several episodes, and so I invite you to please subscribe wherever you're listening to this so you'll know when I will be back. We're just going to take a little time off, uh, recharge, uh, take a spring break. But I uh, hope that uh, you've enjoyed uh, this opening uh, series of episodes, and please do uh, share this with others, and make sure, like I said, you subscribe. You can check our website, friendsindeedpas.org. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so uh, check it out, subscribe, like it, share it, and uh, we will talk to you again really soon. So this is the Friends Indeed podcast. I'm Rabbi Joshua Levine Greater. Thanks so much, and we'll see you soon.